Hello, everyone. This is uh, the OBR Film Breakdown, your Thursday, October 20th edition. I am Jake Burns. We're going to do our usual fun episode with Jordan Zerm, which you guys know that I like to do this episode because it gives us a reprieve from the monotony of the Cleveland Browns, which have not given us a ton of fun things to talk about, which are indicative from podcast numbers that some of you have just started to tune this out because what joy are you getting from it? I totally understand. But for those of you who are loyal listeners who have reached out to me and made some reference about appreciating the work and the stuff that's there every day, thank you. Appreciate that. I do it because it's therapeutic for me. And I do it because I think a lot of people get enjoyment out of it. There's some people grumpy with me today that I apparently come off too wrong online about, I guess, the way I answer football questions or have discourse. If I rub you the wrong way or I come off as condescending, I'm really sorry. I don't mean to be that way. I don't. I do a lot of work and study and try to understand what the Browns do. So sometimes when people get mad at me because I don't share the opinion that you do, that's just me believing in the stuff that I do uh, on a daily basis that I'm going to stand up for my opinion. I'm sorry if that comes off condescending. I really don't mean to be. I'm a pretty nice guy. I think anybody who knows me thinks I'm a pretty nice guy. So if you read stuff on a website that I wrote on Twitter, I'm sorry if it comes off and you read it as me being condescending. That is not my goal. So sorry about that. But I just want to get that out of the way. Otherwise, stuff up at the OBR today that I think is always worth your time. uh, That's an analytics recap from Anthony Reinhardt, who did a great job indicating some of the trends, how the Browns defense is playing, uh, what the offense is looking like, run pass split. It's well worth your time for OBR VIP readers. Also touched on David Njoku uh, in there as well. Uh, Fred Greetham was at camp, talked about Wyatt Teller's doubtful status for the Ravens this weekend. Denzel Miles, uh, Clowney, um, a bunch of those other names. Uh, those guys are uh, giving updates in Fred's write-up. That's available. And then Anthony, or sorry, Andrew Spade wrote his Week 7 Power Rankings. So check that out. If you've missed my recent stuff, I wrote about the misplays in the passing game, and I wrote about the pressure kind of mounting around Kevin Stefanski. Uh, those are all available for you to read for this week. And I'm going to have something on Deion Jones for tomorrow so we know what we're getting if the Browns activate him this weekend uh, should he play in that game. It's nice to have an indication of what he looks like and where he might be playing and how they might use him. So I will try to write that up for you. But I'd be remiss if we did not just get to our guest right now, which is Sporting News, Jordan Zerm. Welcome in, brother. How are you? Jake, I'm good, man. Um I can confirm that you are indeed a nice guy. So let me um, just, you know, give the testimony here on the podcast. Um, Jake is nice. Be nice to Jake. You know, I, um, I try, I try to be nice. Jordan, I, I listen and I, I admit <laughs> when I'm wrong, brother, I admit it. I really do. Like today got in an argument with a couple people. They just don't like me. That's fine. You know, I'm sure there's yeah. people that don't like you, Jordan. I can't fathom it, but they probably don't like you. And it's like, Hey, you know, if you don't like me, you could, the, the the beautiful part of Twitter is you could just block me or mute me or ignore me, not uh, follow it'd me. Too, it'd be too simple. It'd be too, too simple, simple, Jake, for that to, for that simple. to happen. Yeah. yeah. So like, you know, the people like that. But anyway, yeah, man, I'm pumped to have you in and I'm pumped to talk about, I guess I'm pumped to talk about the Browns, right? We have to, <laughs> uh, have to do that. So you t- tell me what you're thinking, thoughts, wrap up or whatever's lingering on your mind uh, about the Browns midweek. Yeah. Well, it's funny because, um, I have been I've been doing a bit of traveling over these past couple of weeks, and so both Sundays um, I have been watching the Browns on my laptop in a car while I've been driving. Uh, well, not physically driving; that would be uh, very irresponsible. Um, but sitting in the passenger seat, uh, and they're the Browns are zero and two. Um, so I have to I've decided that it's on me, and I have to stop watching their games on a laptop in a car um, because they're zero and two when I do that. So I just want to you know apologize to our to our audience here because those are definitely on me um but outside of that you know you and i were just talking about 
the defense and you know i i know this week you've you've gotten into it you've you've broken it down with some of your guests but you know you just even you look at the body language and i think you've noted this in some of your tweets just about the effort that they're giving on on certain plays where they you know if a guy's getting to a running back's getting to a second level or a guy's kind of you know, fighting for a first down and, and they just kind of shrug their shoulders and they're like, God, yeah, you know, you got it. Let him go. It's just very, the effort level is so poor. And then we have this, we have this quote today from, from John Johnson, who has really just had quite an interesting two-year ride here in Cleveland. Uh, it would be one way to put it, but um, post-practice, he said today about the defense, um, it's a commitment thing. When practice is over, you can't just run out of the building and forget about your job. We need everybody in this building to be 100% in on the task at hand. Right now, I think we're at a place where that's not the case, um, which is like <laughs> pretty alarming, man. I Not that that quote went under the radar. I mean, I saw it a lot in, in Brown's Twitter and people that I follow, but it, Jake, it reminds me of last season a little bit. Um, where there was a lot of talk about the locker room sort of being split, like the offense and the defense were sort of siloed and nobody was really interacting. And um, I, th- I thought a lot of those issues sort of came from, from Baker Mayfield. I think there was obviously and, and reportedly has been reported on, I should say, sort of how guys sort of felt about Baker. I think you saw some quotes from Miles ahead of their opener against Carolina, where it was like, okay, mm-hmm. there were some, some, um, fractures in that locker room um but the defense sometimes just as a unit of itself like they don't play like they really like each other or that they they don't play in a way that makes you feel like it is a cohesive unit i mean and that's evident in the busted coverages the you know just not communicating with each other properly they're always harping on how they communicate better and nothing is really improved and it's just you see that quote from John Johnson, you watch the film and you look at their, their body language and, and, and sort of moping around on the field. And you, I, you just start to get pretty concerned, Jake. And I wonder if it's like gotten to a point where, you know, I have no idea. I have no insight. I haven't heard anything about like what's going on in the locker room in terms of that side of the ball, but it, but it really sort of makes me think about last season and how players were talking about what the, what the locker room was like and it and it just doesn't it feels bad right now and especially on the defensive side of the ball and it's it's fascinating that that John Johnson came out and said that because he obviously feels like it's a big enough issue where he needed to say something publicly so um I you know I, I saw some of your tweets about you know some of their <laughs> I think there was a a clip you you tweeted of the defense at the goal line and just absolutely no effort and and it's just very like all of this stuff is sort of coming together to paint a bit of a picture and this, I think, is a, as as most insight into like what's going on in the in the defensive room as as anything we've seen so far. Yeah, it's it's very concerning. I mean, I don't know. I, I think they they let me put it this way: they've wanted John Johnson to be this guy that he's he's trying. I guess he's trying to be. They needed John to be. He came from a, a very you know. Obviously, the Rams win a Super Bowl when he leaves, and I'm sure that wears on him a little bit. But like. You know, he did come from a winning environment, right, in L.A., and they 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 had a way of doing things. And he's referenced some of the things that they did, you know, or or have done in training and different concept things. But they they have needed him to be a good player, largely because if he is a good player all the time, he carries a way about him, a voice about him that is very leadership. E, You know what I'm saying? I don't know if that makes sense or not, but he has a way about it that he's a vo- like a vocal leader. And I don't think 
Miles is is a very vocal leader. I just don't. That's not how he's wired, and that's not how I don't think they had. And I talked to, about this with Jared yesterday. I don't think they have a ton of like like natural leaders on defense. I just don't think they have a ton of them, and they could use more. Uh, is kind of my point. But if a guy like John is playing poor for the most part, it's hard for him to be a speak up kind of guy. You know what I mean? So, um, yep. when you hear this quote, it's like. At this point, it's hard to sort of digest that, right? Because you're telling me this team that has constant communication breakdowns in the secondary and can't seem to get lined up correctly half the time is not putting in any effort after practice to try to figure this out in meetings or uh, spending extra time together in a film session. Like that would be alarming because the only way that you fix that stuff is committing extra time to it, right? Like, so the quote itself is alarming. I think the quote coming from John Johnson, although a very fair quote, it sounds like based on what, what he's saying, it just doesn't land the way it needs to, because partly yep. I'm not sure anybody could say it on the defense right now, the way they've been collectively playing and get it to really stick, but it just, it sort of rubbed people the wrong way today. And, and I get that because John hasn't been very good and they've wanted him to be this leader that he hasn't really been. And it's been frustrating for everybody over there. But to hear him say that vocally, that they don't get anybody to stick around or do the extra work, it's really concerning because the only way, like I said, the only way you fix these things is if you do that stuff. If you put in extra time, if you spend more time together and to hear them say they're not doing that. Yikes, man. Like, yikes. I, yeah. I, I, it's, it's really a, it's really sad that fans have to deal with that or hear that because. Again, we talk about it all the time. Do they care like we do? And this is their job, right? And to not care is is kind of scary, uh, given the nature of what they've put on the field this year. So I get it. I get why people are pretty bummed out about that uh, when they heard it today. Yeah, and I, I think it just goes back to me so much. You know, the first couple of weeks, especially when they had those really massive coverage breakdowns where if you watch, you know, Grant Delpit, John Johnson, um, Denzel Ward, Greg Newsom, third there's no like, Hey, that was my bad, you know, like, Oh, that's my yeah. coverage break. You know, it, it's pointing at each other with their arms in the air. Like, Hey, what are you doing? Like, why weren't you here? Why didn't you go with that receiver, et cetera? Like, you know, I don't know their interpersonal relationships in the locker room, so I can't speak to any of that and like how they think of each other as a unit. But when you, but you can see on the field how it's just not, you know, yeah. When there's breakdowns, it's not somebody taking responsibility. It's sort of this like, wasn't on me like that's not my that wasn't my coverage area that wasn't my receiver that type of thing and it makes you just start thinking too about you know the coaching on that side of the ball and you know there's there's been plenty of discussion about Joe Woods but it it just seems like it's it's obviously on the players and it's it's at the end of the day it comes down to the talent on the field but when you hear something like guys aren't motivated to stick around and try to fix stuff and put in extra work it also just makes you think like are they are they tuning out the message from the coaches? Because I cannot imagine that Joe Woods and that defensive staff aren't hammering home all of the stuff that they need to correct and and tweaks to to the defense and like what they need to do. And if they, if there's guys just tuning that out, like that's that's bad. I mean, that's where it gets to a place where it's like, well, the voice isn't being listened to anymore. And you know, that's a I don't know if that's what's happening, but that's what makes me. There's just a lot of puzzle pieces kind of falling into place a little bit, and mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't really know how you fix it. Um, you and I talked on this pod last week about if they came out and looked as as uh, like poorly as a defensive unit again against the Patriots and, and Bailey Zappi, you know, where we would be. And 
that's exactly what happened. And, it, and it's just spiraling. And we were texting him that we're terrified of what Lamar Jackson might do to them with his legs uh, and, and extending plays next week. And I just wonder, like, what the breaking point is going to be, because I, I feel like it's it's got to be close. Yeah, it's got to be. I mean, they're. If you're if what we're reading there is true, hearing from John is true, on top of the performance they're putting on the field, and to your point, these guys can't stand each other. I mean, I, I don't I mean I what what indication do I have otherwise? Now I don't follow all of these guys to know if they go out together and spend time together, but there is a whole bunch of blame in the other guy going on. After plays, if you stick around and watch some of the plays yep. enough, you will see the pointing, the confusion, like and they can't they're not doing a lot of simple things well. And I, I don't I don't really know how they fix this, I guess, is what I, I really don't without without some sort of different voice or some sort of different approach. I, I really don't know, man. I don't know. And I, I, I think we're taking John at his word. We didn't hear any player refute it. Um, I would just say, like, above all else, that's an extremely disappointing thing for someone to say, to spe- especially if it's true, but it's not it's not reached the public lens. Right. Like. It is just really not what you want to hear about a team that needs to be spending more time doing these things together to get the stuff corrected. So, yeah, I, I, it's, a, it's an alarming quote. It comes from a person that people probably didn't want to hear it from right now. Uh, but above all else, to your point, it really raises concerns about do these guys even like each other beyond what I see on the field? Like it just seems like maybe and again, maybe the. How things go early in the year, it leads to guys not liking each other, of course, because you're giving up breakdowns and you get tired of it and you're annoyed six weeks in, two, two, two and a half months into spending every day together on this football organization stuff. And like, I don't know. I just don't know how it's fixed. And I don't, you know, you're, you're playing Joe Burrow and you're playing Lamar Jackson. Like, I don't see you've gone through all the quarterbacks that would help you fix it. Like you've gone through them all. So Good luck. I, I don't I don't see it getting easier and I don't I don't see what they've done tweak wise. I've talked about it this week to fix it. That's not working. So we'll see. I have such little faith in them to figure things out on that side. And to hear that they're not even putting in the post practice work that's necessary is it's kind it's kind of jarring. So we'll leave it at that. That quote needed covered. And I'm glad we had a chance to talk about it because it as a Browns fan or somebody covering the team. Like you have every right to be very disappointed in that because that is not, it's not what you ever want to hear that your team's just putting in minimum preparation and effort to get things that are wrong. Right. So it's disappointing. We're going to take a quick break and then we will be right back to talk about some fun NFL topics. I think these are great, George. We'll be right back. No house advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform today. Playing pick'em contests versus other people for the shot at winning 250k in cash alone. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks, and climb your leaderboard for a shot to win big money every single day. You can also test your skills versus the house and 20 times your entry if you hit all your picks. Bet on up to five player props, even those over/unders or individual player matchups across. Every major sports league, including the NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR. Sign up with this promo code, which is very simply for the fans of this podcast, OBR. Use that promo code OBR at nohouseadvantage.com or download the app on the App Store and get a first deposit match up to $25. So again, promo code OBR. Make sure to check out No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined. Because it's not just how you play, but also where you play. You won't want to miss out on this. Again, that promo code, OBR, no house advantage 
com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, so this week's heavy quarterback goofiness. And and listen, even when you get the elite ones, they, there's still some goofy stuff that comes up every now and again. You know, if you've you followed our boy Aaron Rodgers enough, you know that there's some stuff, some stuff that comes up with Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> and it, and again, it did. Talk, talk to me about the quote that was out there after their game because they're in a frustrating spot, right? Like they are trying to figure out who the hell they are offensively as they go through um, a total rehaul of whatever they are at wide receiver, and 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 it's leading to some frustration for them. Yeah, it is. I mean, they scored 10 points against the New York Jets, who are, you know, to be fair, they're four and two. Shout out to the shout out to Sauce Gardner and the Jets doing their thing. But, you know, 10 points. Elite name. From elite the, name. Sauce. Just <laughs> that, that, still. It's still elite name. He put on the cheese head after they won. I mean, he's a great. I'm sure New York is uh, already obsessed with that dude. So uh, it's been great to watch him play well. But, yeah, I mean, you're looking at like the amount of points the Packers are putting up each week. And, yeah, so they scored 10 against the Jets. and. Um, there's this wonderful video somebody cut of both these press conferences back to back. So if you can find that, um, please take the time on Twitter to do it. But basically Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, he does his, he did his post game presser first. Um, because that's, <laughs> that's how that goes in green Bay. It's Aaron Rodgers and then everybody else. And, uh, somebody asked him, you know, what's the, what's going on with the offense and why is it so hard for you guys to score points and, and all that stuff. And, he basically said, I would like the word he used was simplify. Like he said, I would like to, uh, for us to simplify the offense. And there was some chatter on Twitter about that. And somebody found an article that I believe uh, Kevin Clark from the ringer did last year, where in an interview, uh, Aaron Rodgers talked about how he doesn't love motion pre-snap, like his um, sending guys in motion to try and see what the defense is doing, uh, whether they're playing man or zone or what look they're giving all that. He, he says that he doesn't mind a little bit of it, but he, is a guy that prefers to sort of like be set, see what the defense is, see how they're set, see what, see what's going on. And, and he gets a little annoyed when there's too much motion. So with all that in the back of your mind, he then kind of brings it up again um, and says, I'd like to simplify it. So then Matt LaFleur comes on reporter asks, Hey, Aaron Rodgers just told us that like, you know, he's looking to simplify the offense a little bit. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on that? And Matt LaFleur with a little bit of a smirk on his face, uh, says verbatim, I don't know what that means. And the clip that the person cut together is incorrect because it goes right from Aaron Rodgers to, to Matt LaFleur's answer. And it's so good, but it's also just like, man, you know, Jake, Aaron, 
has been very good for a very long time. And it sort of allowed him to kind of have this personality that I think, you know, quite frankly, is um, uh, a little dickish. I'll put it, I'll, I'll put it that way. Um, when you're, when you're not playing well, uh, and now you've got Aaron kind of complaining about the offense and there's too much motion and I want to simplify it. And now you've got Matt LaFleur kind of taking a jab back at him. Like, I, I don't even know what you're talking about. Like, what does that even mean? Yeah, man, I don't know. It's um, Packers sitting at three and three off a bad loss to the Jets, and uh, things are not going great in in Green Bay. But I really do encourage people to go find that cut together clip because it is uh, it's great. I I think listen, Aaron is absolutely a dick. I I would imagine he's not a ton <laughs> of fun to play with for young guys or coaches trying to figure no. it out with him. But he's you know he's the most talented quarterback I've ever seen. So you put up with it, duh. Um, Yep. And and kind of all these guys, these quarterbacks who are around for like 20 years, they all get cranky. we got Tom Brady we we're going to talk about in a minute yelling at his offensive line. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, they just get cranky. You know, Tom's got an equation of what a regular season is like uh, a military deployment. OK. All right. Gotcha, <laughs> brother. All right. That's where you want to go with that comparison. And it's it feels like after <laughs> we'll talk about Tom in a second. But to Aaron's point, like the motion stuff is fascinating because people around the league love motion. They love motion and Kevin loves it. He loves it because he likes to figure out what the heck the defense is doing, right? What are they in, man or zone, and try to decide. There's There are things to take away from it. Um, I don't really know. I think maybe Aaron will give us a, an answer on one of his McAfee visits or something about why he really doesn't. I get what he's saying. He likes to keep the defense's picture um, the way it is uh, and movement. Uh, obviously, it moves people around, but there's just – so much I thought, again, I thought most quarterbacks felt this way. There's so much you can take away from movement. Uh, and maybe he's asking for more shifting, right? Where you go from one look to the other. Shifting is different than motion. Motion is right up to the snap, right? Shifting is like come out in one look. You, you usually will hear a shift call made and then you go to a different formation. So maybe he's looking for more of that. I don't know. But it's like even in the places that are paradise, right? uh it's uh it's not always great and and these stressful the stressful stuff is going other places like i think somebody on twitter said something about how i i can't even if there's so many examples of this joe i don't even know who to say but they're like they're not having fun this year i'm like bro i don't think 75 percent of the nfl is having fun this year there's a (laughs) bunch of like miserable people out there this year miserable teams that are used to being really good and to our point about aaron and and tom like they seem miserable and you know that's like the, the the theme of the league this year almost it 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 definitely is man i think and it's and it's interesting too because these guys you know aaron and tom and um you know you just think about guys that have kind of been and even matt ryan to, up until last week he actually you know he played pretty well last week uh in the second half against the jaguars but up until that game like some of these quarterbacks we've sort of grown up with and and watched become these you know, the the cream of the crop and the best in the league, like none of them are really <laughs> having all that much fun. And it's sort of, you know, they're on the, they're on the back, the back end of their career, the back halves of their careers. And I think frustration probably sets in a little bit easier than it used to, because they're probably so used to performing at the, the highest level possible. And, um, you know, both, both Tom and Aaron had great years last season. And, um, yeah, so it's just very it's very fascinating to sort of watch the frustration boil over for guys that have been good at something for a really long time, and and not to say that they you know especially in Aaron's case like I don't think he's having some steep decline right now. It's just you know they have all these young receivers and they lost Devonte Adams and you know there's a lot of frustration going around. I, Jake, I'm just trying to imagine if like 
last season, Baker Mayfield said we need to simplify the offense, and Kevin came out and chuckled and said, I don't know what that means, and what the reaction to that would have been, because I think Cleveland would have exploded. So it's just, uh, it's funny to see it happening elsewhere. I think Baker, didn't Baker say some stuff at the end of the year about, like, Hudson being left on an island he did, or something like that? He did, he did complain about that, yes. Yeah, but Baker's uh, not a bad But I don't guy. remember he, if... He will, he will always uh, give you that. But Kevin's reaction to that would just be to scoff. The floor being like, I don't know what that means, yes. is hilarious. Yeah. It's, it's so pretty good. funny. Um, uh, you got to talk about Tom, yeah, though. Yeah, I mean, Tom, Tom, you Tom mentioned went Tom, yeah. loco. And there's you got a bunch of stuff there. So but go ahead. I mean, Tom Brady is like... The thing I think that was funniest is... I saw something at half about how I didn't leave my wife and kids to be down to Kenny Pickett at halftime. <laughs> that, that was hilarious. But he also seems so miserable. He, he seems so miserable, man. There's like when your public, I'm sorry, when your private life gets out in public like that, like this has got to be brutal. And also, man, I just look at pictures of him and you're like, are you okay? Like the, yeah. even the picture of him at, at Robert Kraft's wedding, he's in the background and it's just like, Bro, you look like a like you look like a mannequin. Your face is so gaunt. Like, are you okay? Are you eating? Like, are you are you sleeping enough? Like, is everything okay? And I, I mean, clearly it's not. Not with the you know his life sort of behind the scenes going through a a a big transition. But yeah, I mean, him just screaming at linemen, and he's been screaming at his linemen the entire season. It feels like once a game he's caught on camera screaming at his linemen. I was watching a clip of. Uh, the Kelsey brothers do a great podcast that they just started this season. Um, it's called New Heights, if you guys haven't seen it. It's really, really good. Uh, and Jason Kelsey, uh, they were talking about the Tom thing. And Jason Kelsey was basically like, Tom Brady can do it because he's Tom Brady. But he was like, bro, if any lesser quarterback came up to me and did that to me, I would lose my mind because like, I know this person who like the moment they get touched, you get a roughing the passer call is not about to come up to me and tell me how to block better. So I found that hysterical because it, it is Tom Brady. So you have to take it, I guess, but it's also just like, man, you, you know, you're just getting shown up on national TV because you know, the cameras are going to find you and they're going to just show Tom Brady, just eviscerating you on the sideline. And like, that's not, that's not an enjoyable thing. Even if it is the greatest quarterback of all time, you are sitting there and taking this dude, just screaming in your face. And like, I, yeah, I, he's miserable, man. And he's taking it out on his linemen and, and everybody else. And it's just like, it's so strange to watch because he had sort of turned into after new England, like he loosened up a little bit. He really started doing like fun social media stuff. And he like had a personality and wasn't like a wind up robot that just had like seven different phrases he would say. And that was it. And now it's like, now he's just kind of gone back to, yeah, saying shit like, Oh, I'm the, uh, yeah. I'm, it's like being in a, in a military battle. And it's like, Oh my God, man, that's so dark. Are you okay? So yeah, it's, um, Aaron and Tom are not having a good time. They're not. And at their ages, it's like, you guys should be doing things where you oh. are having a good time. So I don't, I don't know. I, I think that, I think we're closer. I thought Tom was done, but I think we're closer than ever to these guys being done. They, they, they're just, that they, I don't know. Green Bay, I guess could go sign a receiver, but their draft history is so weird. Um, I don't know how they're going to make it immediately better. And I cannot believe in a prime Aaron Rodgers year, that's what you guys would put around him. It's unfathomable to me to with uh, up against the clock with this guy, a generational guy that you would decide, hey, we're going to move Adams. We're just going to move him and we're going to move and not make any other uh, move that makes us any better at this position. Not even draft some of the talent that was out there to make it. I, I can't even, I would be so pissed if I was a Green Bay fan. But um, 
Yeah, that wraps that. We just want to talk about these quarterbacks because I think it's so funny. Ben Roethlisberger had to chime in and say he seems miserable. Well, Ben, I'm telling you, brother, Pittsburgh's been miserable for, for about seven years with you at the helm. So <laughs> thank, thanks for that. Glad you were happy, though. You know, got to always get Ben's yeah, opinion he, on things. Somebody called him on a golf course while he had like a giant stogie in his mouth. And he was like, what can I say negatively about uh, Tom Brady? Uh, let me just get this out of here. So, yeah, I, I don't need... We don't need Ben's opinion on many things. Let Ben just go be, you know, a little bit chubby off, off where in private, you know, let him have his private moments. He needs to fade away. But anyway, speaking of fading away, we're going to fade away to a break. And then we'll be right back. And we have one more quick segment about who we think is actually out already of the NFL playoff consideration. That's what we're doing. One third of the way into the season. So we'll be right back. Jordan, I got to say that take into break right there. Just phenomenal. I think you got to agree with I got to I got to compliment you on that transition, you know. Thank that you. was um that's why you're professional. You know, that's why they pay you the big bucks. That's, yeah, they pay me almost next to nothing, but that's uh I'm getting better at it. I do it every day, you yeah. think I get a little better at it. So, anyway, we are back. I'm keeping this in the podcast. We are back. We're going to go through the league right now. I'm going to give you bad teams and you're going to tell me whether these teams are in the play uh can turn it around to make a run to the playoffs. Let's say that way. All right. All right. I'm you don't have to be very long on these. You can just tell me a sentence uh, or one quick thought. Uh, and we could, I guess we could do some teams that are surprises. So th- listen, the AFC East, I mean, Jets, yes or no. Do you think they have a legitimate shot to make the playoffs? Oh man, that's a really good one. Like my heart says no, because I just don't, I don't know. I don't know what they're good at. Um, like their offense is not very good. I guess defensively they've, they've got some pieces. Um, so defensively they're right. I'm, I'm going to say no, but I, the rest of that division, especially with like, okay, what's going on with Tua? Like, is he, is he okay? To, is he going to like play at a level that's going to allow them to kind of be what they were before he yeah, went down? Two, 30 second timeout, Tua, two comments. Yeah, let, Bro. First of all, you said you were unconscious. Okay, so like, wow. And then he said that quarterback concussions are not as serious as as offensive lineman concussions because they don't hit every play. And while I get what you're trying to say, you sound stupid, dude. Like a concussion is a concussion, man. And to have multiples of those adding up, like I'm genuinely starting to get concerned about Denzel Ward. Uh, I haven't really said it on this pod, but he's had multiples, you know? Absolutely. And like, I just am going to be... This is the my least favorite part of football. I mean, obviously concussions are one of the worst parts of it, but it's also now like whenever Tua is back on that field, I'm just going to be bracing myself anytime he gets sacked because if he has, I mean, I just can't imagine the one, the effects it's going to have on him if he suffers another one. Two, just like what the conversation around it is going to be. I just hate that he's going to be in a position where it's like, okay, well, he's cleared concussion protocols and he's our quarterback and he's going to play. But like, man, I'm just going to, like, I don't even want to watch the Dolphins anymore with him starting because I'm just going to be so nervous anytime he gets hit. And it's, it's the situation that sort of the team put him in that he's putting himself in coming back. Like, it's just, I just don't, it seems like such a lose, lose right now for, for Tua. I would agree with that. It is completely like a team that was, really fun to think about this year. They are completely like, I don't have any desire to watch them because I, that whole thing is so weird. 
It's so weird. So um, it is weird. Yeah, I just I think he also said like I'm less likely to get CTE or something because of it. I'm like, what Ugh. am I reading? Anyway, Dolphins. I consider that I, to your point with the Jets. I don't believe in Zach Wilson, so I'm out. I just I don't believe yep. in him. And eventually, they're going to need him to be a guy, and I think it's going to catch up with him at some point. So I'm out on the Jets. I think I'm out on the Dolphins too. I think I think I'm out yeah. on them. Um, maybe I'll regret it. But are but you I, in on? Uh, but are you in on Bailey Zappi? I actually, I actually don't think any of these teams end up making it, which might be a bit surprising to you. I don't, I don't personally uh, see it. The Browns made that so easy on Zappy, so easy, uh, and I just see them being like eight and nine. I don't think they get there eventually, yeah. but they're well coached. That's for damn sure. I, I agree with you. I think the only team that I would sort of consider would be the Dolphins, just because of the the talent that they have on offense. But I do think that like this whole situation with Tua has put such a cloud over the team that I, you know, it could be tough for them to sort of reverse course. And, um, but they just, you know, with Waddle and, and Tyreek and um, they've got some pieces on defense. So that, that would be the only team uh, outside of the bills, obviously that I, that I would see having a chance, but yeah, I I'm out. I, I think I'm pretty out on both the jets and Patriots pretty easily. Okay. I got it. Good. We see that kind of similarly. Cause right now people are a lot of optimism about the NFC uh, East or sorry, AFC East, uh, AFC West, which was the perennial, uh, these guys were supposed to be four playoff teams. Um, this this is going to be interesting. So the Chiefs are a given. I think they're obviously going to yep. continue to do great things. Um, Chargers are four and two, and probably the weakest four and two team. They actually have a negative point differential. They're going to falter, but I do think they sneak in. I just think they're too talented, and they're going to get healthier. So I think they end up getting in. Um, I don't know if you agree with that one. Yes or no, yes or no on the Chargers. Yeah. I'm I'm in on the Chargers just because one of Herbert, who I still think is incredibly gifted, and two they're getting Keenan Allen back, uh, which should make a should make a really like legitimate difference in how their their offense operates. So I'm in on I'm in on the Chargers. Still think Brandon Staley is terrible, but anyway, yeah, we're gonna uh, have we'll have that conversation down the road. I have a feeling. <laughs> so the Broncos are two and four. The Raiders are one and four. I'm less in on the Broncos than I am. I think the Raiders have an outside shot of flipping the script and turning the whole thing around. I really do. I I, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but I think they're going to be pretty decent um, and end up pushing to like maybe nine and eight, ten and seven. So I I think I'm all the way out on Denver. I couldn't be less in on Denver. Oh, and, uh, that, I am fully. I am so far out on the Broncos. I can't even. How about know, the Melvin Ingram like thing? Different... Not Melvin Ingram, Melvin Gordon. You saw that. Melvin right? Gordon. Um, saw that. I did a post about it for Sporting News today because, one, I wanted to use the picture of Melvin looking angry on the <laughs> sideline on Monday Night Football uh, because that was incredible. It's just, dude, it's just like, it's to me, it's just Nathaniel Hackett being like, oh, Melvin was upset? Okay, we'll start him. You know, it's just like, I just, it's just such a, I feel like it is just a complete, that's the word I'm looking here for, or just paint such a complete picture of like what's going on in Denver, where for reasons really unknown, they give him three carries, which, okay, like, yeah, he's not that, you know, it's not like, what are you expecting out of Melvin Gordon? I don't really understand. So you give him three carries, you're like, eh, okay, it's Latavius time. And then you just roll with Latavius, I guess, for the rest of the game. Melvin's upset. You maybe through the grapevine or Melvin straight up just says to you or you hear it in, you know, what he said in the postgame. And then Nathaniel's like, ah, shoot. Well, I don't want to make him upset. So I'm going to announce to the media that he's starting next week. Like, I just, 
I, it is, I mean, Jake, every week, man, they give us, they give us something. And, and this was just hysterical. So yeah, I'm on a different continent looking at the Broncos. Like that's how far out I am. I'm with you. I couldn't be any more out on those guys uh, at this point. Uh, it just seems like a I team do think that really hates playing together. Absolutely. I think the Russell Wilson experiment is, is failing spectacularly. And also, um, it does just as one more aside on that too. It also just, people are so desperate. I think sometimes for like something to work out that like Russell made two passes uh, outside of the pocket. One, which was like Jerry Judy, you know, coming, coming back to him. So he got the defender turned around because of a broken play and, and Russ made a nice pass. That's all great. Then the next play is basically a broken coverage and Russ hits a wide open tight end. And people are like, Oh my God, is Russ back? I'm like, are you like I don't what is going on like everybody on Twitter was like there's the Russell Wilson I know it's like I guess and then the rest of the game he was terrible I don't don't, this the fall off from him is insane (laughs) he he was still decent last year like good he was good last year when he got healthy I I don't know man that is to your point there unbelievable is probably the right word because they look he looks like they should have just kept Drew Locke. Like I don't really know uh, what else. Uh, sorry, I know that's a personal one there, but uh, with your boy Drew. But I, but uh, I'm just, you know, I'm missing, I'm missing getting to see my boy Drew play incredibly below average every week. But what are you going to do? Can't beat out Geno. He's the best quarterback in the can't, NFC. Can't so. be the best quarterback in the NFL, man. Yeah. Just can't do it. Can't do um, it. Um, I like, yeah, I like your Raiders good. take though. I do like I, your Raiders take. Yeah, I think they're going to turn it around. I just have some faith that they have enough talent there, and they they can they can get some things. There's always one team that turns it around, and I think they could be a sneaky one. Um, the FCC North. I'm going to eliminate Pittsburgh, and I'm, I don't I don't see it for Cleveland. I just don't see it. I think they missed some games early that they needed. Now you get to four and four. These next two, you have a shot. I'm not trying to sell anybody on a bunch of false hope here, but um you get to 4 and 4 you can have the discussion but i think i'm out on pittsburgh and cleveland being playoff teams while i still think cincinnati uh and and baltimore are eventually playoff teams Jake did you know that the cleveland browns have given up seven less points than the detroit lions just seven and the lions um not great for them they had a bye so <laughs> that's still you know oh, that's they may have given up about 30 more but still as we stand the Browns have only given up seven less points than the worst defense in the NFL. So that's uh, always comforting. Um, yeah, I, I'm with you. I just, like we talked about with the defense for the Browns, like I don't know how you fix it. So even if their offense sort of you know, rebounds from a lot of missed opportunities, which you wrote a great piece about this week, but you know, even if they're putting more points on the board, it's just like, man, I, I just wouldn't, I don't have any faith that, you know, when the Browns need a stop in any way that their defense is going to be able to come through, uh, especially on third down. So I think it's going to be, yeah, there's an outside chance for sure. Um, but I just, I don't have a lot of faith there. So yeah, Brown Steelers, I think going to, going to put them to the side for now. And the Ravens are interesting because they, you know, Lamar has been bad at the end of games, especially with turnovers. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see like, I just I still don't really believe in the Ravens offensive weapons outside of Mark Andrews and they're signing Deshaun Jackson for reasons I don't really understand. So uh, they're still a little bit of a mess, but I, I would probably take the Ravens and Bengals to still kind of be in the mix. Agreed. Those those two are the ones I feel good about. I will say, though, um, Cleveland's given up 163 points against Baltimore has given up 141. So, you know, their their defense has 
Cincinnati's yeah. only given up 115. Their offense has been disappointing, but nonetheless, it's I, I, I this is a new defense. Wink's gone, so like I'm interested to see how Baltimore plays Cleveland, especially with what New England put on tape. We'll talk about that more later this week. The AFC South, which the AFC South could float off a cliff, and I just wouldn't care. I just <laughs> wouldn't care. The Titans are going to make the playoffs probably by default. I guess the Colts are still in, so you can't eliminate either of those. I really wanted the Jaguars to be something. I'm sure you did too, but I don't, I did, I don't man. see it. I think I'm going to have to eliminate the Jags and Texans. I'm with you. I I still really like Trevor Lawrence. I, I still think he's going to be really, really good. Um, they're just not doing a lot in the passing game right now. And, yeah, it's a bit disappointing. Yeah, um, they, uh, they're like one of those teams that's just kind of fun. And especially after what they went through last year, you're kind of pulling for them and they've got fun pieces. And I, I think Trevor, especially with his legs, is going to be really, really dynamic. But, I, yeah, I'm with you. I think this season they they peaked a little bit like early on and, and you thought they were going to do some things and it, they've kind of come right back down to earth. So, um they do have it is interesting to see them as the only team with a positive point differential in that division though. So makes um, sense. No, I I also still don't know what to make of the Colts who have been really bad and then were still really bad in the first half last week and then all of a sudden Matt Ryan went like vintage Matt Ryan for the second half and threw through like 300 plus yards and and brought him back on a really nice touchdown pass to uh, Cincinnati's own Alec Pierce at the end of that game. So I I don't know, man. They're getting Jonathan Taylor back this week, but he's outside of week one been really bad. They haven't been able to run it. So I, I'm kind of with you. I think the, the Titans probably just win by default. I, I think the Colts will be in the mix for a wild card. I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I believe in, in anything that offense is doing outside of what they just did last week. They're weird. They're so weird. And it's just the AFC South and, and in general, it's just so weird. I'm not even going to talk about the Texans. Like, I'm happy you guys got the Browns pick, but. I, where they just fired Jack Easterby. Like, where are they going? They're, that organization <laughs> feels like they're going nowhere fast. Jack Easterby, man. What a, yeah. what a career, what a run my man had by doing who knows what, but yeah. he's just been, it, it, I forgot about him. And then that report came out and I was like, Oh, that's right. He was still having a very high profile job for an NFL team for reasons that no one understands, but no you know, one. that, that era has come to an end. Uh, probably for the best switching to the NFC. Now we have, uh, let's see here. The East is three playoff teams very much alive. The Eagles, the Giants, what a story. I think the Giants yeah. have a playoff. They're not, I'm not eliminating them from consideration. To the play. And I should say, too, kind of framing this up, like it's hard for us to eliminate the four and two Jets from consideration here, right? You know, it's like right. they're four and two, and they could figure it out. I, I think we kind of took it away from that a little bit earlier. But uh, I would eliminate kind of getting back to what Jake's – you could tell how formal we are here with our thought process on these uh, segments. But um, <laughs> I would eliminate the commanders who are two and four and just an absolute sunk ship, and I don't know why they wouldn't play Sam Howe to figure out what he is. Nonetheless, they're two and four. Cowboys are getting Dak back. They're four and two. I mean, to get out of that non-Dak situation, four and two is super, super uh, – commendable so uh, they they're at four and two and then you know five and one Giants, six and no eagles I, I believe the eagles are the super bowl favorite i thought they were at the beginning of the year and they're a very good football team fun to watch the giants are really really a great story really a great story yeah i i agree with you i think yeah you can eliminate the commanders and you can ship carson wentz off to the icelandic football league but outside of that i think 
Uh, all three of those, yeah, can't eliminate any of them. It's why even if I don't believe in the Giants, they're sitting at five and one, so it's like they're yeah. going to be there at the end. So yeah, shout out to Dable, man, former Browns coordinator who people hey, hated, man. and you know now they're like, oh <laughs> man, what do we good Dable? What do we miss that up? Okay, cool, cool. Um, anyway, yeah, he deserves credit. He's been he's been great, and he's got those guys believing in five and one. I don't believe in them either, uh, part because again, Daniel Jones is their quarterback, but. Great story, and they might get into the playoffs, and you never know what can happen. Um, NFC West, another division people thought was going to be pretty good, but it's not. Uh, you can't really – I'm stunned that – okay, let me say this. I think the 49ers, Rams are definitely open. They're 3-3. Three and three. Seahawks are 3-3, three and three, but I really – you can't eliminate them, but I don't believe in them. But yep. I think I'm eliminating the Cardinals. This Thursday night game they have coming up, getting Hopkins back is huge, but they just lost uh, Hollywood Brown, who I still cannot believe they gave up a first-round pick for that. Um, but he's he's out for the foreseeable future. Getting Hopkins back helps, but like, aye, 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 man. I, I just, I think I'm out. I think Cliff's getting fired. I really, I really do. It's, it's so, their offense is disgusting. Like, it, I just saw something today, and this was actually, um, in uh, in tandem with what Rogers was talking about, like there, it was a list of like the five quarterbacks that have thrown the most passes at or behind the line of scrimmage this season. And Rogers was on there, which I, I think then led to the conversation about like, okay, what's going on with their offense? Does he usually, you know, they've always thrown kind of quick screens and stuff like that, but they're not going downfield that much. But Kyler has probably been in the top five of passes thrown at or behind the line of scrimmage every year he's been in the league. And it is just like, I cannot, I know they don't have Hopkins, but even when they did, they're still just throwing these, their offense is just so, so hard to watch. And it's like, I, I don't profess to have watched a ton of, you know, Texas tech football when, when Cliff was there, but I, I can't imagine it was this uncreative as it is in Arizona and to watch like their offense essentially just be these quick outs and these these screen passes that go nowhere and all this stuff it's just really depressing to be honest with you so i am um, i'm also out on the cardinals because their offense is is horrific and it and it feels like they are just not utilizing any of the talent they have in their quarterback and their offense whatsoever and it's super disappointing because i was like i was happy they hired cliff just because i thought it was cool and it was out of the box and it's just been like a complete the offense is just really tough to watch so fully out on the cardinals i agree with you i think i'm i'm pretty out on the seahawks um, I don't really, I didn't watch that game last week, what happened to the Niners, but, um, I, I'm kind of, I don't really know what to make of them. And if they're, they're going to make any noise in the playoffs, but between them the and the Rams, Rams are, yeah, like, yep. They're, they're in the same boat, man. It's just, it's very, it's odd to watch both of them struggle as much as they have. Yeah. Which larger picture NFL, like everybody seems to be kind of struggling to an extent and they're, yeah. they're, they're both in that fold. Um, so we're eliminating the Cardinals commander so far in the NFC. This has two teams that I'm easily eliminating the Vikings and Packers. I'm still Vikings. I don't think are, they're not as good as the five and one stuff. And I think ultimately green Bay ends up winning that division. Still. I believe that to this, to this moment, they just, I mean, though green Bay's going through what they're going through. And we talked about it they, they'll, until the Vikings do it. I don't believe they'll do it, but I'm out on the bears and lions. And I have significant amount of fear about what Justin Fields is like. I just, I think I think I talked about it to John Colosimo last week where it's like situation is so GD important sometimes because I think if Justin yep. Fields is in Jalen Hurts position, he could be doing some of those things. But 
he's in a place that is the complete antithesis of support for the quarterback. And he's just trying to, it's changed who he is. It's changed how he plays. It's changed his mental processing and how he's, how he plays from the pocket. Like this is not the guy I scouted. It's not so, but this speaks to, again, like it's just a back assward way of this stuff with quarterbacks sometimes where it's the first overall pick and you're going to the worst roster or high pick. Like even fields is a mid round pick. You're going to the worst roster. And it's like, it's hard. It's hard, man. Even, you know, like I, I think Allen was a seventh pick, right? Like it's just so many of these picks that you get kind of picked in the late first, early second to a team. That's got a lot of things around you. It's so situationally driven sometimes. And uh, I just have a hard time seeing Justin make it. I really do at this point. Yeah, I think that's a really great point. And not only was it like you don't have a lot around you, um, but I just always think about that Browns game last season with with Justin Fields and like oh, the game God. plan that yeah. that Matt Nagy put around him. And it's like so not only do they not have the offensive weapons, but you are you're building a game plan around him that is literally detrimental to his development and his 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 like you said his mental processing his the the amount of time he thinks he has after the snap to do anything. I mean I, that game I I literally think that game probably scarred him for you know the next season and a half and like so you're so right I think at least with you know Iberflus they have maybe a little bit more of a a normal team structure around him but it's just like yeah it's it's really bad and um he's now we've got you know we talk about like a John Johnson quote where you're like oh man that's depressing they Justin Fields had that quote where he was like I'm tired of being close and it's like oh man this is only it's only been a year and a half <laughs> and he's already <laughs> saying things like that. It's like, man, the game will age you quick. Um, and it sucks, man. It really does. It does. And he's in the thick of it and it's hard with that roster to see it get turned around for him. Um, yeah. So those are two, we've eliminated four teams on the NFC side and the NFC South. I mean, the bucks, I, I consider serious playoff team in general beyond just the making it because of the obvious, but uh, even though it's a military operation going on there, um, <laughs> Atlanta's a cool story at three and three, another team where like the jets are yeah. four and two and Atlanta's three and three. And it's like, Oh, it's because they lost to the Brown or the Browns lost him. But, uh, Oh um, uh, yeah. Gave, that's right. gave away that's football right. games yeah, against him kind of helps a little bit, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't take the Falcon. I, I think, I guess weird stuff could happen here, but I'm eliminating Falcon saints and Panthers. I don't believe in any of them. I don't believe in any of them. Um, I'm right there with you. I don't it's hard think, to eliminate a three and three think, team, but I just I can't do it. Yeah, I don't think the Falcons are a are a serious team in terms of like one you would have to consider for like yeah being there at the end of the season. Um, so I'm with you. Uh, we we're going with Tampa Tom uh, and his um, you know he whatever's going on over there in Tampa Bay, but they're they're still gonna he's gonna turn it up. Um, I have no doubt as the season goes on, he gets over, you know, he gets out of basic training or whatever he's going through now. And, uh, <laughs> but yeah, Falcons, Saints, and then boy, the Panthers, um, train wreck. Who's taking just... that job? I know you can only, you're going to find somebody cause there's only 32 of those guys at any given time, but yep. who's taking that job? I mean. I'll take that. I'll take it. Oh, I'll take boy. one for the team. I'll get it. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, millions, and you're going to get the buyout. Like, Rule's got, what, like 40, 40 million owed on the buyout? Yeah. So, yeah, someone's taking it, but it's like, I, but it's I guess, still, like, who's serious is taking that job, you know? Cause that's is it one of the better. worst? I can't I can't think of a worse opening, like, as a head coach opening than this Panthers job in, like, the last five years. It's really, 
it's really it's really bad. Yeah, it's, you got to uh, draft really a quarterback. Really There's no doubt about that. So you're already banking yeah. on that pick being there. Um, I, I don't know. I but again to to the cliff point, and this is something that I think is interesting with Bryce Young is like these guys who are on the smaller side of things, and Bryce I think is pretty damn gifted. I, I mean, I think he's every bit as gifted as Kyler coming out. What, what, if the cliff offense doesn't work for Kyler, what are you running for Kyler? Like, what are you running? What are you going to, you going to wide zone this guy? Like, what do you like? I still know what you're running with him, I guess is my biggest yeah. point. And I kind of the same with Bryce. Like, what are you running that puts him in a great position week to week in the NFL with these gigantic guys around him to make enough plays? I think, I think he's good enough, but, but again, I'm sort of fascinated with these smaller quarterbacks about what you're doing to help them succeed schematically because it's weird. It's really weird uh, to me to think that like Cliff's offense can't work for Kyler. That, that is the one yep. offense I would think for Kyler. That's like, Oh yeah, that, that would work for him. Right. Like that's got a lot of the things he's comfortable doing, but I uh, same, same with whoever takes Bryce. I think it's going to be fascinating, but yeah, that's one, two, three, five, six, seven teams in the NFC are out on. We'll keep updating this as we go. So, um, you know, the NFL's weird though this year, man. So weird. I don't it's a, know what it's to a think weird of like season. 60% of the teams. I don't know what to think of them. Yeah. It kind of makes it fun, but it also kind of makes it even more frustrating. The Browns are sort of not able yeah. to get it together in any way because it's so open, you know, it just, so True. that then it becomes, then it becomes even more frustrating, but we've, uh, we're on to Baltimore, Jake. On to Baltimore and we are going to fix it. We're going to do better. I'm not going to give you anything in a pre- stop expecting Stefanski to say things he's not going to say. That's all I'm going to say to people. If you don't like it, sorry, that's who he is. And you liked it back in 2020 when things were, this is a, a good one. We should close with this. People are all about Sean Payton right now. Okay. All about him. Oh yeah. Oh, oh he's yeah. the Bill Cower of Cleveland right now in conversation. <laughs> he certainly is. Let's go through Sean Payton's first three years in the NFL. You want to? You want to? I'm Do typing it. in my computer. Let's hear it. Career record. Sean Payton. Prohistory.com. Look at this. Real time right here. Wow. wow. First year in New Orleans. Hired as head coach. 06. Great season. 10 and 6. Making it in the playoffs. I think they win the wild card game, get beaten division. Here's your next two years. 7 and 9. Does that sound familiar? 2008. Sure the third year. 8 and 8. Does that sound familiar? Hmm. Then guess what happens in year four? 13 and 3. They won the Super Bowl. So maybe just pump the brakes a little bit, everybody. Let's maybe wait until he gets a chance to coach his own Drew Brees, elite quarterback, in the full season. That's all I'm going to say. Leave it at that. So just wanted to uh, throw out there that people loved the idea of replacing Kevin. And uh, and Sean Payton was a – Sean Payton's an offensive mind. He's a coordinator of the Cowboys before he came over to – to New Orleans in 06. He wasn't running the defense, right? He wasn't running the defense. So I just want to throw that nugget out there. We have done enough, Jordan. We have done enough talking. I appreciate your time, man. Jake, thank you as always. Um, a lot of good parallels there with Sean Payton, though. That was, uh, I didn't realize some of that, so that was good. Um, but I, you know, he's looking for homes in Westlake right now. Uh, that's what the streets are saying. So, um, yeah, he'll be he'll be coached by uh, week ten, and and we'll just have Sean Payton running the Browns, and and that's where we'll be at. So everybody get very excited. And he's also going to bring back Greg Williams. It's going to bring him with him and reunite. Yes, the they're actually going to be whole co- Bounty Gate gang. They're bringing it all. They're going to be co head coaches uh, yep. because that's uh, Greg Williams has that in his contract. So um, 
No, Jake, this is, uh, this is great as always. Appreciate you having me on. Uh, weird NFL season continues to be weird, so I look forward to doing this every Wednesday. Weird NFL season with weird NFL podcasts. That's what we got on Wednesdays. Man, we got a lot <laughs> of alliteration, folks. Listen, thanks to Jordan for stopping by, taking time out of his evening after the Cavs loss. It's right in front of him. Darius uh, Harlow, weird. Eye laceration, uh, strange stuff there. I, I live laceration. Yeah, Golly. I live laceration. Strange. They're better than Toronto. This is going to be a good team. It's going to be fun. Guardians, you're on the cusp. I do want to start talking about the two other Cleveland teams occasionally, and Jordan's probably the guy I'm going to do it with. We didn't schedule that in today, Jordan. Let's do that next week. We're going to have like a 15-minute right, we'll break breakout on other Cav- or on Cavs-Guardians talk that we'll just do. So if you're into that kind of thing, we'll make that a part of our Wednesday meeting Jordan and I do. Although this is technically a Thursday podcast. I'm probably confusing this is true. some people. It is a Thursday release, so I should work on my T alliteration. Anyway, we're out. We're going to work that into the future podcast. Thanks to Jordan. Stopping by, chatting, always appreciate it. Thanks to you guys for hanging out. And uh, guys, have a great day. Have a great Thursday. Continue to support your Browns in this podcast. I thank you. Go Browns.